This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, you know what? We're only six months away or so from a federal election, and there's lots of talk about who's going to be running where. For instance, the federal liberals, even though it seems like they have been down and out the last few months, managed to snag themselves uh, what looks like a high-profile candidate in the interior of B.C. with Terry Lake, the former B.C. liberal MLA, former health minister, uh, deciding to throw his hat in the ring. We want to talk about this and other things going on in politics today. Keith Baldry joins us now, Global B.C.'s legislative bureau chief. Hi, Keith. Good morning. To me. Okay, so were you surprised by the Terry Lake thing or no? No, not at all. I mean, he's he's been dropping broad hints for months now that uh, he was uh, leaning that in that direction. I think the only thing that may be a tiny bit of surprise, and maybe surprise not the right word, is that given the decline in liberal fortunes as a result of, uh, or the perceived decline in liberal fortunes as, as a result of that ongoing, lingering SNC-Lavalin mess and the, the removal of Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philbock from Cabinet, that maybe with the liberal brand tarnished whether he'd have second thoughts, but clearly Terry Lake thought about it and thinks that no, it's uh, it's still a, a viable option for him. As you mentioned, he's a longtime liberal MLA, uh, highly regarded health minister, uh, well liked around the legislature. He's not known for being overly partisan about anything. He's uh, sort of a middle of the road fellow, and he's got a personal appeal, I think, up there that'll do him well. And uh, keep in mind, the conservative candidate there, Kathy McLeod, only won by three thousand votes last time. That's not an insurmountable uh, mountain for him to scale. Yeah. So I think it's it's a writing that traditionally, historically, has been conservative, but parts of it used to elect Nelson Reese, uh, NDP, oh, MP, yeah. uh, a number of years ago. So there is some uh, some non-conservative elements there that Lake clearly is hoping to take advantage of. So what do you think about, what does this say about the Liberal Party's chances then? A lot of people said that, oh, that's it, like, you know, they're on the downhill slide, but they did manage to snag somebody like this. Don't count the Liberals out uh, at all. Uh, we're still months away from a federal election, as we all have learned our lesson in B.C., do not assume an election result is is what it is before those ballot boxes are open, the votes are counted. We learned that in 2013. I think a lot of people learned that in 2017. Uh, things change in a campaign. Campaigns matter. Uh, people don't really pay attention to uh, yeah. to voting intentions until they're they're asked to and asked to focus on the on the issues at hand. And and often, you know, the liberals are going to play this card that uh, you know. Really, you don't want to vote for us. Who are you going to vote for? Are you going to vote for Andrew Scheer? Are you really going to you know, make that long walk from the Liberal Party over to the Conservatives? Or are you going to go to Jagmeet Singh, who hasn't really lit a lot of fires out there? Uh, so, no, this thing is still in play, and I think Terry Lake has made a calculated uh, move here that he thinks that the Trudeau brand and the Liberal brand is still strong in British Columbia. It may be tarnished uh, in, in pockets of the province, but uh, clearly he's hoping... That's that's not the case in Canada, and certainly, you know, Justin Trudeau. For all the negative media he's been getting, he's been in a ton of it. Uh, he has these town hall meetings and these public gatherings, and he still gets big crowds, and he still gets these this positive response from people. So he's a pretty good campaigner. I think he's a better campaigner than both Sheer and Singh, and that matters in an election campaign. Could do you think? Could we see more former BC Liberal MLAs trying their hand at federal politics this year? Well, that's a good question. I, I wonder, uh, you know, a, a number of MLAs have told me, once you get into politics, it's in your blood, you never really want to leave. And right. you're, you're trying to find another entry point. Nobody springs off the top of my head as, as a logical candidate to uh, to make that leap into into the federal side. And a lot of a lot of BC Liberals, really, a number of them are conservatives. So it's uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a couple of familiar faces line up on either party come the next, uh, the next election, but uh, it's still early days 
race now. That election is still months away. A lot's going to happen. The summer, every, everybody goes quiet in the summer. You yeah. go to the barbecue circuit. So we really are not going to get going on this thing until September. Oh, well, let's talk about the other interesting story then for federal politics is there's Jody Wilson-Raybould at the wedding of Elizabeth May yesterday, and she says, yeah, oh, yeah, I've been asked a couple of times to run for the Green Party. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, this wasn't a case of Jody Wilson-Raybould just, you know, driving across town and going to someone's wedding. This is Victoria. She had to take a ferry here. So there was a commitment to actually come to this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was very interesting to see uh, Wilson-Raybould there, and she mentioned she's had several conversations with the Greens about potentially being a candidate. And this is a really fascinating situation because uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould is, uh, you know, sort of painted in heroic saint-like hues for many people for standing up to to a government. Does she lose that cachet, that, that sort of personal appeal, right. if she attaches herself to another political party? Or, or right now she's she's basically on an island on herself, by herself, and it's all about, you know, it's, it's her. And she may lose some of that appeal if she if she joins another established party. And that that's the challenge she's got. If she wants to run, do you run as an independent or do you run as a Green Party a candidate? I think... Um, it's going to be a struggle to win that as an independent or as a Green Party candidate. I think the conservative vote is pretty solid there. And that may be enough for one of the uh, victors in that riding to emerge with you know, a little more than 30% of the, of the electorate and emerge victorious. So it's an interesting challenge Wilson-Raybould has, whether or not to run as an independent, run as a Green Party candidate. I don't see her joining the other parties, but uh, uh, she's got some name recognition and name appeal right now. But will it be as strong as it is now yeah. come October? You know, that SNC-Lavalin issue will fade from the headlines. Wilson-Raybould will fade. And then you're in a campaign on your own. The Green Party doesn't have a lot of resources to to assist you, so it's uh, it's going to it's easier said than done for her to win either as an independent or as a Green Party candidate. But having said that, if anybody can do it uh, right now, yeah. I would say it's Wilson Rabel because she does have that name recognition. And what does being in the party then get for her? Is it is it like just better organization, better infrastructure? And it sounds like they could land quite a few. They could land a few more MPs this time around. They may. Um, you know, there's talk of Jane Philbot also running for, yeah. the, for the Green Party. The Greens today, I think, the election in PEI may actually uh, emerge victorious as a government there. If, if the Greens actually form a government in PEI, that may have a spillover effect uh, and give it the uh, party some momentum. I don't think it has a strong party infrastructure, but it's better than being an independent. The other thing, Sammy, what if... Uh, Trudeau wins the election but doesn't form a majority and ah. now is a minority uh, government. It's conceivable, who knows, if there's uh, two or three Green MPs, they may actually may hold the keys to power here because uh, you know Trudeau will logically be looking to the NDP to help prop him up into power, but that's not a, a sure thing and even that may not be enough to seal the deal. So this election uh, coming in the fall is uh, a fascinating one in, in many ways more so than previous elections because of the, the various uh, outcomes that could uh, result, whether it's a minority government or a weakened majority, or the emergence of a, of a fourth party, the Greens, or the fifth party, the Greens, yeah. in a way we haven't seen before. And Wilson-Raybould is very much a wild card. Do you think then, from what you're saying, that the Liberal Party has kind of turned the corner on this SNC-Lavalin thing? I'm not sure about turn the corner, but I think they've staunched the bleeding. And I, ah. think, uh, I think they've got to get people's attention on other issues, on the economy. Uh, they've got to get people focused on the alternatives, um, and they're going to demonize Andrew Scheer. You can be sure of that. 
And that's going to resonate with some voters. It may be a turnoff for others, but uh, they've got to get people focusing on the reality at hand. Is okay, you don't want to vote for me, says Justin Trudeau. Are you really going to vote for Andrew Scheer uh, and get them to focus on the on the issues that he represents? It's going to be a dirty campaign. It's going to be a negative campaign. A lot of people are going to be turned off about it, but I think a lot of people are going to be fascinated by it as well. Oh, I think we're in the fascinated camp, right? Exactly. For sure. I can't wait. <laughs> me neither. Thanks for that, Keith. All right, Jimmy. That's Keith Baldry, our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, talking a little federal politics with us today.